0: You are listening to The Art Kid Speaks, a podcast by Radar. I am Annie Watkins, your host for this show, and today you will be hearing from Arthur, an artist, actor, musician, curator, and entrepreneur from Baltimore, Maryland. I hope you enjoy our conversation.
1: Hi, my name is Arthur Fitzhugh. I'm 25 years old, and I'm an art kid. My name is Arthur, and I'm from Baltimore, Maryland, 25. And I'm an artist, but I I don't really have any labels in terms of my art. I I really do a bunch of different things. But I do have a passion for creating art and uh, creating opportunities for other people to showcase theirs. Mm -hmm. Um, So I also... Run a business called Daily Studios, um, and so what we do is we reach out to artists in the area. This could be nationally. I've gone as far as New York, but you know we're also looking to expand and get other underrepresented artists that kind of exposure in galleries and museums, and you know giving them the opportunity to. To get something good going for themselves, and to really carry out their dreams, because I've had a lot of time to really sit and you know work the nine to five, <laughs> to the typical you know I got bills to pay type yeah. of thing, and I realized that a lot of us do get caught up in that lifestyle just trying to survive, um, and a lot of us put our dreams on hold, and it's just something that started to bother me really badly, and so I decided that not only was I going to take charge of my dreams and start creating opportunities for myself, but I found a lot of success and a lot of joy in creating opportunities for others. So I just, I continue with Daily Studios as like a vessel, but ultimately I also sing and I act. So personally, I've got some things going in that area. I'm also part of a TV pilot. So basically what's happening is there was a script that was written a couple years ago and I got cast actually about three years ago. Um, so we've been developing it over time. Um, uh-huh. And we're in the stage of pitching it to networks and things like that. But I'm also in school for acting. I've got. Some things in my personal life. Um, I'm a family guy as well. Mm -hmm. Can't do anything without my family. They're my focus and they're a big part of my why.
0: You've told me before that you we're going to go to BSA. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. But you ended up going into basketball instead. Um, <laughs> and it seems like that's been a kind of trend because you ended up also going and doing computer science. In college. In college. Yeah. So there's like been several times that you've been pulled away from the arts but so exactly. you've always come back.
1: Yeah. And I, that's a trend that I hold dear to myself because I feel like that's my inner child calling out
0: mm-hmm. every
1: time I get too far away from it. Because just like you said, like I got into Baltimore School for the Arts. Could have gone there and really trained myself as a as a vocalist and developed as an artist. Mm-hmm. But I was also playing basketball at the time. Both of my parents played basketball to my family. And they were like, you know, if you go to an art school, you can't you can't play sports, which means you won't have an opportunity to get a scholarship and how you're going to pay mm-hmm. for college. And I'm like in eighth grade, like I have to make that decision based yeah. off of that. Like that to me isn't super appealing. Like I just want to go do what I want to do. So I ended up going to the school that had the basketball team. And I stopped playing basketball after ninth grade. Oh, so like on the team, <laughs> yeah. like I, I had gone through some things personally that were pretty traumatic. And it, it really psyched me into this idea that, you know, I was put here for a reason. And I felt like it was a lot bigger than basketball or money or mm-hmm. getting a certain job and having a certain lifestyle. I just wanted to be genuinely happy and doing mm-hmm. the things that that give me, give me real life. So I decided that after high school, I was going to try something different. But I still under, you know, your parents have a great influence on some yeah. of the decisions you make. That's just the reality of it. And I went to college at 17, so I was like, I was impressionable Um, Mm -hmm. and it's kind of hard to tell your parents no. So I just told them that I was going to major in computer science and go that route, even though I wanted to do something totally different. And I just took as many classes as I could in the arts. And then I get three and a half years into college, something happens and I can't finish. So all of that work, that like three and a half years of work goes down the drain because I still don't have the paper. It's been so long since I've been in college. I don't Uh remember anything. And I realized that those were kind of like signs. Every time I would also choose that route, like even while I was in college, I got a government internship and they paid me really nicely. My family was super impressed, but I hated it. Uh Like, I hated it. Like it was a cubicle thing Uh and they had me behind the computer and I saw other employees falling asleep at their desk and we couldn't bring our phones into the building. So there was like no distractions and stuff. And it it was just something that I realized like so many of us are caught up in that thing and we get to the point of like retirement and we're like oh no like i'm 70 and now i have the freedom to do what i want but i'm too old to really enjoy it so yeah after my college experience and my high school experience i i came back home i remember the day i remember the day it was december 16th 2016 and i had to come back home from college I was like, I feel like I'm back at square one, and mm-hmm. it kind of gave me this idea that like I still got a job because it was at my mom's house, and of course I have to you know work and yeah. have an income. But I went quietly, really hard for for some of the dreams that I was doing, um, and so I failed a lot. But mm-hmm. I started to dip my toes in some things that I hadn't done. So I like would go to open mics by myself and sing and wouldn't tell anybody just Uh because at least if i'm singing in front of strangers i can ease myself into it Mm -hmm. and stuff and it went well but then i was like dang nobody recorded it so Mm -hmm. i brought a couple friends to the next one and i got myself acquainted in that way and i realized like the only way for me to climb a mountain is for me to just start like start from somewhere so i've just been taking that concept and applying it to my lifestyle now yeah.
0: That's such a good point to come to because I think so many people do go through life having these dreams at the back of their mind or dreams that are untapped and just like how many do you go through life not exploring that, right that kind of creative side of them or mm-hmm. you know it could be anything.
1: Yeah, I but, mean like you know, if you don't mind me asking like what are some of your dreams?
0: Some of my dreams? Yeah, um, like in a
1: perfect world, like mm. you don't really have to worry about money or resources and you can kind of just pick and choose how things happen. You don't have to be super specific, but like
0: yeah.
1: what was your inner child saying like I don't know?
0: Yeah. I watched this film the other day called mm-hmm. Sisters with Transistors. It was about these women musicians, electronic maybe. musicians, and it was really inspiring. And I was like, wow, mm. maybe maybe I want to do yeah. electronic music. <laughs> right. But like I've never I'm not musical and mm-hmm. I've never made music, but I've always kind of had that idea like, oh, I'd love to try that out. Cause I love writing and- writing That's huge stories, though.
1: But, but see, that's that's major, especially in mm. writing music. Like I find myself to be the opposite. Like, uh-huh. especially because in terms of genre, like I like a bunch of different kinds of things, but mm-hmm. writing is actually something that it's not really my thing. I like mm-hmm. the other parts. I like singing and I like producing, like getting the instruments together. with. Oh. Like I, I even realized some of my writing friends, they also read a lot. I don't really read as much. And I uh-huh. think that might also play a factor. But I was just thinking to myself, like, imagine there was an easy way for you to kind of go to a place that was free, like a mm-hmm. rec center or just anything that had the, the means for you to test it out. And mm. not really feel obligated to buy the equipment and do the things because I just remember feeling limited as a kid. Like, yeah. I would ask my parents to do certain things. And if it wasn't in line with their vision mm. of what it was, it was kind of hard for me to get through. You know, some stuff they definitely catered. So I appreciate I appreciate it, mom, dad, if you're listening. I definitely am appreciative. Um, but I just realized, like, especially going into fatherhood and thinking about what I want my kids to to think about as they're getting older. I just want them to take their time and try everything and Mm -hmm. then see what sticks. Because I realized even in college, like you're supposed to select a major. I went in undecided and I was trying to keep it that way. But a lot of the times, like you're just influenced by so much and Mm -hmm. people are throwing numbers at you and jobs like, oh, well, you're really smart and good at math, you should try this. And I'm like, I don't care about any of that. So it, it was funny because I took one theater class it's like my favorite class ever. Uh, I was in the choir on campus and stuff for a minute, but I just really didn't like my classes. And so mm-hmm. I just felt like, especially with the things that I'm building, like I'm just curious about what other people are dreaming mm-hmm. of and like how I can help them wake it up and how yeah. I can help them do that because we're here one time yeah. as us. Maybe yeah. we do reincarnate, I don't know. But yeah. I'm just saying like as us. So I think we have like a, a duty to carry Carry that thing out because it's authentic.
0: There often isn't the space to explore and experiment and just try things out. Yeah. And it would be such a different world if there was that for everyone. Just a space where people don't have these expectations put on them or like a destination in mind. Yeah. Because that's what we're kind of born into a lot of the time. This yeah. is like society, it's like you're making your way towards this job or, like, you need to make X amount of money and do this and this and this. And there's so much pressure at right. such a young age. <laughs> and it's so unnecessary.
1: Yeah. And if you think about, like, humans, like, we were not really built to be robots. Mm. Like, we're not supposed to be super structured in our, in our livelihood and stuff. So yeah. I realized, like, you know, the concept of a recreation center that used mm-hmm. to be those things where you can just go in and play basketball yeah. and play some video games and play... Pool and do a whole bunch of fun things. Like, I realized that I've had a bunch of different kinds of jobs. I've been a leasing agent, I worked at Chick fil A, I've worked at a movie theater, I've worked, I'm leaving a whole bunch of things out. But like, I've tried a bunch of stuff in the corporate world, but it's so hard to try stuff out, like as an artist, without mm-hmm. having the money or the resources or a place to do it freely. So I think that's ultimately like long term what I'm trying to create with, mm-hmm. with my business too. It's just, having a place where artists could like live, like maybe they're living upstairs and there's a place downstairs that they can go and Mm -hmm. and just maybe run out space or whatever, but just have like a live workspace where even if they are working a nine to five to pay bills, they can come home and not feel like they don't have enough energy Mm -hmm. because they have the stuff already. I'm always gonna be curious and asking people what their dreams are because isn't there like a part of us that is, itching to do something different. Like, all of Mm -hmm. us are working to get some money, but, like, a lot of people aren't. A lot of people are out here just doing whatever and they wake up and they do what what they want because they don't really have to worry about those things. But, yeah, I'm also... Curious about like some of the things that you've done, just in terms of like getting this podcast done. Because I, I love the concept, because that's directly uh-huh. in line with what I love. But why why did you create this? I'm curious. Why did you create this
0: podcast? It was primarily to find out from other people what inspires them or how they've kind of kept that inner child alive mm. in themselves. I was talking to a friend about the art kid and, like, what that meant to her. And Mm -hmm. we were just talking about how, as children, we just make stuff and mess around and play and explore and have fun and don't really overthink it. But at some point along the journey, that dies inside a lot of people Mm -hmm. or gets, like, snuffed out. Yeah. (laughs) So what is it that keeps certain people going? What keeps that art kid alive in certain people? So I was just curious... I love like meeting and interacting with people and just hearing different people's stories and learning from different people. I don't know, that's what I've loved about living in Baltimore this mm. year. There's so many interesting people all yeah. over the place and you never know <laughs> who you're going to bump into. Definitely. It just, it feels like such a, an alive city for that.
1: I didn't even realize it going up. Like, mm. I, I
0: thought
1: like New York was the greatest city in the uh-huh. world because there's so many people and so many buildings and stuff. Then I came home and really like took around took a look around like as an adult and I was Mm -hmm. like, wow and i felt the same way you did but i love the fact that that's that's why you did that i mean obviously from some of the stuff we're talking about is like super similar but i think it's just important to keep that that fire going i love the fact that you're doing this because this is like something that i just want people to wake up to mm-hmm. um, and no matter how many people hear like what we're talking about i think they can hear our inner child and the way that yeah. we talk about some of the stuff and like i love that because even like somebody like my mom I know some of the goals that she had as a kid and how that was shot down. And, yeah. well, she was a principal of a high school. Oh, People wow. thought that was, like, so amazing. And I did, too. You know, right. I mean, and she did. She loves children. But, you know, she had basically reached the pinnacle of her career in the education system. And she just realized that it was um, it was just too much. Mm-hmm. And she was consumed with it um, mm-hmm. to a point where, you know, I realized that inner child is just really dim but we've had conversations about that. And I realized no matter how far away you get, like you can also wake it up.
0: And recently you've curated an exhibition, I believe it was your first exhibition?
1: Yeah, well, so it's my second exhibition, um, but it's my first one under Daily Studios. Um, I had like a soft opening to that experience in college and me and one of my old friends, we decided to ask the student government if we could have a space um, in the library because we were photographers at the time. Um, And we were really into that type of stuff. And we realized there's other people who do a lot of cool stuff on campus. Mm -hmm. So we decided to just put the word out. Mm -hmm. Poets, singers, um, photographers, painters, all those types of things. And we created a really cool experience. And uh, I was really just attached to that moment. And so I decided to write it down in a journal. And I have a post on Instagram from like 2014, like seven years ago. And I was like, I'm gonna have an art gallery someday. And I I put it in my head because it was like... This is so cool. And yeah. I know people do this all the time. So I decided to I kind of put some things together. Um, and I talked to some people at the UB Blake Center in Baltimore. And I connected with Jordan, um, Jordan mm-hmm. Faye, I hope you know. And she gave me the inside scoop. Um, she really helped me get connected with the UB Blake Center and also in the door of our curation because it's not as simple as just hanging things on the wall. Um, yeah. You know, things like lighting design is important and where you place things. And we actually, repainted the whole space um, because we wanted it to be a certain color white. And it was like this really, I won't say it was a, I didn't like the blue. I didn't Uh like it, especially to put art over the top of it. I was like, nah. So So we decided to go get some paint. We repainted it. And I actually... I had wrote a grant where I had selected five artists with my team and um, we gave them each $200 and an artist package yeah. where, you know, I just gave them some supporting, some supporting things. I actually have some of the things here and I use it. There's this workbook slash journal called The Artist Way. Um,
0: yes, I love that book.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So, That's great. So I gave them some some daily studio stuff and I also sent that out because the application process wasn't like it didn't cost anything um I do intend on keeping that going but it was community raised I put the word out that I wanted to support some artists um, and get them some resources it was pretty small in comparison mm-hmm. to some of the things that I hope to do but it, it was a as the show was called it was called Catalyst it was a catalyst to getting a lot of things done yeah. um, because I took those five artists I placed them in the show at UB Blake um and then I got uh six other artists in the area a couple were my friends which was pretty cool so it was really nice to to get that to get that connection going um, and get them seeing their art on like a, a real yeah. space and their moms and dads yeah. and families came and stuff and it, it really meant a lot to me um, mm-hmm. especially once we had the opening day it took a lot of work <laughs> uh-huh. a lot of work a lot of a lot of stress but it was also so rewarding like just because not only is it still up but we sold a couple things and a A lot of those people had never been in a position like that before. And so, you know, I just want to keep this momentum going and curate more shows with with some other artists that I've connected with since then, um, who I'm really, really, really excited about. And then just continue to have shows like that and expand the space, expand the artists. And then that also led me to do, I recently just got done an artist critique at Creative Alliance. Um, So I connected with Thomas James, who's also a curator here in Baltimore. He's been a great mentor as well. Um, He allowed me to go into the Creative Alliance space and look at about 150 different pieces of art, um, go on Zoom and just have a, a conversation with all the artists. And I gave my critiques. It was a really fun experience. It was three hours though. It wow. was a lot. It was, it was a lot of talking. Um, yeah. it was it was pretty, pretty intense for me because I hadn't done it before. But I also realized that like curation is is a quiet passion. I didn't realize that like I knew it back in college when I did it, because I was like, whoa, this feels really mm. cool. But to actually be doing it and be in the spaces and having conversations like that, I know that like what i'm doing right now i'm gonna be doing forever and i want that to keep going because the more people that i touch and and get uh exposure you know the more art won't seem like this daunting task i read an excerpt from uh tony morrison Mm -hmm. she's a very famous black author and Mm -hmm. she also shares a birthday with me so yeah she's february 18th and after she passed i just decided to look in to her a lot more, and her vocabulary is insane, so I'm not even gonna try to replicate what she Mm -hmm. said. Um, But she basically was just talking about how if artists were supported in the same way, you know, doctors and lawyers were, or are, in the sense where there's a blueprint to be a doctor. Even though it's pretty hard and it's really long, like you can say, okay, I'm gonna go from A to Z, I'm gonna go from school to med school, and I'll be a doctor someday. But for artists, that, that process takes a lot longer. It looks a lot crazier. It's a lot scarier. There's so many unknowns. Yeah. And it's just because art isn't respected as that profession. Like, it's not respected as those things. Like, even um, some of the things that she talked about, like I said, I'm not going to try to replicate, but she she said something along the lines of artists have a duty to carry out some of the things in terms of healing the world. But then... They're not given the resources and the love and attention needed to, to yeah. carry it out. Like, a lot of these people, they even if they are a doctor or a lawyer, you're going to the gym every day and you're probably listening to music. And mm-hmm. then you go home and you're watching something on TV. Yeah. And you're, you're living out an artist's lifestyle, but it's just not reflected in the same way. Mm-hmm. So... For me, I just, my mom's in the education system, and after talking to her about her dreams and stuff, she wants to, speaking into in existence, she's going to have her own school um, someday. She wants to charter a school and stuff and mm-hmm. just have arts as the focus. Like, yeah. um, we've both worked at uh, STEM schools. Um, I've been a part of STEM schools, which is um, science, technology engineering and math and so she's been trying to implement something a little different called STEAM where you put an A in there and there's art and so that way it has like a, a different kind of curriculum and that's why I was interested in BSA mm-hmm. because I was like I can go to school and take a class yeah. in songwriting or dance or whatever yeah. um, so and that there's a
0: much, as much attention given to that yes yeah. other stuff
1: like people will be mad if you're not creating mm. I was like yeah. Oh, I can't wait to be in that type of environment where that's the focus. So I realized a lot of the things that I've been through in terms of like getting doors closed in my face or nose or tears, a lot of those types of moments kind of built me up for this moment. So I also realized like a lot of the artist's journey is very similar to, I'm a big fan of superheroes. Um, mm-hmm. So I love the journey of a hero um, and they always go through something, you know? Yeah. And they always have to overcome the things that they thought were impossible to kind of activate that power and really see it through. So, yeah, if any artists are listening, I'm sure you're an artist, even if you're not doing what it is that you're saying you're doing or want to do. Like, there's still opportunity and there's still a space and there's people like me who want you to do it, even if I don't know you. I I wouldn't be who I am without it. It's literally, I hate saying this, but it's in my name. My name is Arthur. Yeah. Yeah, it starts with that. And that's the corny thing I'm... That's the last cool thing I'll say.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just love how that's so entwined into who you are. Someone who wants to draw out uh, the potential in other people and. Just even what you're doing with daily studios and with your dream of working with artists that aren't seen and acknowledged or like are new to their art career. I think that's such a needed thing for someone like you to come alongside and encourage that for people. Because so many people don't have those figures in their lives encouraging them. Oh my goodness. And like... (laughs) If they don't if people don't then it's just gonna sit dormant right isn't it? So,
1: yeah i think well you know any we're doing the same thing which is great i recognize that in youtube um especially once you told me about the podcast um but i also noticed that like people who are in the art space tend to have that a little bit more because we're actually doing you know the work and so it's easier to eat if you're good at hunting. In the same way, it's like it's easier to create if you've done some work and practiced at it and Mm -hmm. you're like, okay, well, even if I fall short, like, I know how to pick myself back up. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's probably some things that you're doing now, whether you've painted or had some concepts for the podcast. And it might have taken you a, long, a little bit longer than expected. Mm-hmm. But somehow we're still here and we're still yeah. trying. And I think it's easier for artists to get things done when we kind of just take time out of it. I read somewhere that like Morgan Freeman had done a lot of stuff and he wasn't super popular as an actor until he was like in his 40s. Actually, I don't even know what he looks like, you know, in an acting type of situation, younger. Because every time I think of him, he's just, he's this old guy. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I never thought about that. Yeah. And there's, um, like, I want to say it's Brad Pitt. I I looked into a bunch of different actors. um, And he was one of the ones that stood out because, if I remember correctly, he had an opportunity to have a gig as an actor and he was gonna be in a movie, but he had like to drop out of high school. Like, in order to yeah, take the Yeah, he had to drop out, not graduate. He was wow. in his senior year and he took that leap. And wow. for me, I was like, it really just might've made a difference if somebody convinced him that that was okay. Like even if there was just mm-hmm. one person or maybe he heard it somewhere, he read something. And so a lot of us who are doing any work, I realized like it's really easy for us to to get motivation for ourselves but like when we have a motivation to to help other people that motivation stays a lot longer mm-hmm. like that's why i became so attached to my family cuz i used to be at a point if i'm being totally transparent like i thought i was like super alone in this world i didn't have a relationship with my family the way that i wanted mm-hmm. i was an only child up until i was 16 so okay. i had that concept um my parents weren't in the same house for a decent part of my childhood and stuff so I had a lot of time by myself. My mom was also in school getting a master's degree and stuff. And she was doing that after a job. And I I could see the drain. I could see it on her. and I could see it even on my dad. So I realized like when we are going to bed at night and then we wake up the next morning and stuff, it's also important for us to to kind of pick apart those 24 hours. Mm -hmm. Kind of see what we're doing and how we can kind of change that up and mm-hmm. how we can kind of manipulate our chemical brains into doing something a little bit different because we're chemical, like, it's mm-hmm. not like some super complex thing for us to get on track. Unless, you know, you have yeah. something in your brain that's inhibiting you. A lot of us are are capable, and that's why I said, like, us two, it, we're definitely on the same energy. I also feel like a lot of my friends that have stuck around with me through the years, as I say, because... I haven't always been this person, you know, too. And I think that's another reason why it's like kind of ingrained in me that Mm -hmm. whatever I'm doing right now, like I I might have a different idea in the future. And I just need to stay open to the possibilities of changing and growing because I'm 25 now. Who I was at 23? I would have never expected this. Mm. Not right now. Like not me thinking to myself, I haven't worked a, a nine to five in about eight months. And a lot of the income that I have is just running my business and talking to investors and building out a business plan and working on a pitch deck now. And I didn't even know what that was. But uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, you know, there's a whole world out here of information where if we just had a little bit more knowledge even, we could carry out some of these things a lot better. Sometimes I just need to be in the space of my friends to get back on track and not really talk my way through it, but maybe I need to feel my way through it. Like if there's a block in someone's life right now where they're like, having writer's block or something like that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you don't need to have a conversation trying to figure it out and like work through it. Sometimes you just need to be for a second and not mm-hmm. do anything. And my partner's been amazing with that. Like she's she's so great at keeping me on track in that mm-hmm. way because that's not one of my strong suits. I get really caught up in, in some things sometimes. And a lot of times we just forget to exist and just mm-hmm. do the simple things and call out of work please like yeah i mean i (laughs) my friends laugh at me because i tell them every chance they can just because some things are worth calling out for and doing nothing is also okay to call out for like i Uh know you know sometimes the job is like oh yeah but we need you and you're a vital part of our team and we really need you because (laughs) you know we need these shifts covered and you know we're not going to be able to sustain it but like if you're burnt out at work Mm. And then you get depressed. And now you're dealing with something really serious. And then you keep going to work. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get more depressed. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've been in that situation before. And that hole is like, it takes forever to climb out of. Yeah. Or it feels like forever because it just seems endless. It's like, okay, this is my life now. And... Mm. I just saw that robot stuff coming, and I was like, that must be when the, the line gets severed, and you're mm. just like, the kid is gone. I read this book by this monk called The Art of Communication, and just about how communication works and why it's important and stuff, because I was insecure about talking, but then I realized it was kind of one of my strong suits. Mm. I was just afraid. I was like, really, really scared. Mm. So I was like, oh, people don't want to listen, they will get tired, and then... I don't know, maybe I'll get insecure and then get nervous and my husband's not because it's happened. Even in auditions, oh my goodness. That was one of the things that terrified me too. I'd like to say I'm raising kids too. Like my little siblings and my partner has a child Uh and I definitely consider her to be like my daughter as well. And, you know, like as they get older and stuff, the world is going to pull at them. Mm. So we just Mm -hmm. need to pull stronger and pull harder to make sure that they're seen and heard Mm -hmm. so they don't go through life feeling like confidence isn't deserved. It's okay to be cool with who you are. And some of the people on my vision board behind you, like Mm -hmm. so there's like Michael Jackson and Lauryn Hill and Will Smith and just some Mm -hmm. of the people who I look up to, even Prince is on there and Muhammad Ali and all of those people. They were like one of ones. You can't really compare them. And I realized that that's, that's actually how all of us should be.
0: One of the things you said Just then, made me think about how it is often our fears or the things like you were talking about with talking, because to me, talking feels like something that's very natural to you, like you said. So it's just funny to me that that was something that you thought you weren't good at or Mm -hmm. natural in. And it's funny how fear often does attack the things that we are naturally gifted in or the Mm -hmm. things that we kind of should be walking in or yeah. going towards. Mm-hmm. Those are the hardest things sometimes, the things that we should be doing or mm-hmm. carrying
1: out. Cause imagine you said no to the idea for the podcast for some yeah. type of reason we wouldn't be having this conversation and somebody wouldn't have heard it. And, you know, that ripple effect lasts. If I get out of my fear of talking, I can get back. Like I played Macbeth in eighth grade and I was so happy about that. And um, that was up until college when I did a short film in in my senior year. Um, There was like a six year gap. And I really I won't I'm not placing blame on anything because things are supposed to work out the way that they should but i was just like who was i around for all of that time that let it go that long mm. like the friends i have now like we we hold each other accountable like you say you're gonna do something yeah. okay okay <laughs> i heard you you said you're gonna do it so um when's the last time you've worked on xyz and I'm like, those types of questions or show me what you've been working on. Mm. And I realized like that the community that we're building, even through these conversations, or so, like the conversations we'll have outside the podcast and stuff mm. and the conversations we've had before, um, yeah. I just realized like a lot of the work I'm doing, it just gives me so much like peace. Mm. And I realize I've already done so much for myself, like since since childhood that um I'm just proud of all of these art kids, you know. I'm proud yeah. of us because uh, yeah. we we're we're still doing it, and our um, kids don't get enough attention. Um, uh-huh. And a lot of us actually grow up to not like it, yeah. Because for me, I, I also realized compliments are kind of weird. And it's like it's cringy because I'm like, but it's I, an
0: accepting compliments.
1: Yeah, I'm like, wow, I am this person, but mm-hmm. you know, recently. was like it's okay for me to think about myself in this way Mm -hmm. Um, and call myself like I actually struggled to call myself an artist openly yeah it was like oh for
0: me too I'm I'm an artist (sighs) yeah it does take a lot people have expectations (laughs) of what an artist looks like yeah exactly once you say that there's Mm -hmm. kind of this expectation that you have to deliver something that meets their standards of what an artist is exactly and if you don't and if you're not putting in the work that they you mm-hmm. might assume goes into being an artist, then, it, and it's so ingrained into who we are as well that it's huh. it's so personal. And yeah. if yeah, if someone kind of attacks that or mm-hmm. something, then it can it can really rattle us. Yeah. So I think to say that requires a lot of strength and a lot of like confidence and a lot of yeah self knowing.
1: Yeah, and but some yeah. self love too. Yeah, Like, you gotta yeah. be, you gotta know who you are, mm. gotta be aware of even those dark things, like those shadows, those mm. bad habits, mm. those self-sabotaging things that we say to ourselves, yeah. um, those other voices in our heads that are actually, you know, just fear. Um, yeah. Like, it's good to have a practice of quieting that down, mm. and I realize even going to acting school has helped me a lot, too. In the last, like, year, like, all of 2020, actually, that... I was online so it wasn't in person and so I kind of mm-hmm. thought that that was going to be a certain way it was like one of the most fun experiences I've had because we were given scripts and we were given class notes and all these things of acting but it was such a journey of like self
0: yeah. because
1: how you show up as an actor how you show up as a performer or an artist mm-hmm. and you declare that as something that you want mm-hmm. you must then realize like there's still so much after that that's yeah. also intimidating you from Declaring that and saying I'm an actor, I'm a singer, I'm an artist, I'm a writer, mm-hmm. I'm a poet, I'm whatever it is. Especially because most artists, you know, we're doing a couple of different things, and we do some things in our free time. And maybe yeah. one thing works this year, and the other one is like really popular the next or whatever. And um, I think it's really important for us to do everything that we we feel inspired to do mm-hmm. because that acting experience that I had it taught me a lot about grounding myself.
0: saying earlier about balancing family and your artistic career it is easy to get off balance with those things and start putting too much energy into work or into pushing the career forward and Mm -hmm. letting family slip especially
1: when you're in a relationship too for me i realize that that takes a sacrifice too being with someone whether it's a friend whether it's a partner whether it's family like somebody that you love and care about like you consider them yeah. And a lot of the stuff that you do so me and my partner used to live in la we drove from baltimore to los angeles and back i wasn't there for very long but i wasn't happy la is such a facade if you're in the wrong place yeah. like i was in hollywood north hollywood and oh. it was really cool at first for like the first couple of days Uh (laughs) And then it started to get, like, really stuffy and weird and awkward and, like, it didn't feel natural. Like, what you're talking about in Baltimore, where we have this, like, diverse population of people and Mm -hmm. you're meeting different kinds of people who you can tell are speaking from a place of truth and authenticity. Like, a lot of people over there create such an image that they believe it to be true. And I just... I don't know, for some reason. It just didn't resonate with me. So I was there for about six months. And then we moved back and I realized that there was so much here. There's a thing where, you know, people say, like, I have everything I need. It's an affirmation in that way. Everything I want, I already have. And even with some of the times where, you know, you might have some things, you like, okay, well, now I want the next thing or I want more because Mm -hmm. I, I reached this point. But, like, I think that's also why some of us, you know, might be, Just felt a little lost because, like, just being grateful has taught me about patience too. Okay, I'm not a child star at twelve or (laughs) fifteen or twenty or not even twenty four or twenty (laughs) five. I mean, I'm probably too old to even consider that. But you know, maybe that was just like some lost thing. But like, it even came to a point where I used to have this weird dream where I was like, I'm gonna make everybody happy. I'm going to be in the NBA and everybody's wow. going to be great that I'm having a, you know, a basketball career. Uh-huh. And then I'm going to put out an album <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to sing the national anthem at every game. <laughs> and I just, I knew, I just, there was, I literally believed it, but <laughs> I, I didn't even realize until like adulthood that that was like, it built up in me. Like I built mm-hmm. up this thing where I was just like, okay, I have to make everybody happy. Like, wow. and if somebody's not happy with me, then I have to try to please them. And how can I change to make everybody else around me happy? But I realize a lot of the people who are unmoved and really secure and something good about themselves, like those are like the best people to be around mm-hmm. because those like copycats that live in LA, where they're just like, oh my gosh, and I had this and I had this and oh yeah, I just met this person and I was at the party with this person and oh yeah, I just came back from this mansion party in the hills and all this type of stuff. I'm like, so? yeah. <laughs> Are you still there? <laughs> Do you live there? Like, I mean, you know, it's it's pretty cool, I guess. but For a time. Yeah, for a time, but yeah. like making a lifestyle out of it, it just, yeah. it got to be too much. So I'm just like really excited about where I am now.
0: I wonder if you could talk a little bit about the Three Blind Mice series sure. that yeah. is happening Yeah, in the works at the moment.
1: I got attached to this project in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a... Uh, Phenomenal woman. Her name is uh, Imani Robinson, mm-hmm. and she is a director, a writer, an actress. Um, she wears many hats. Um, she also she wrote for The Wire and The Deuce, oh, cool. um, and she was a producer and things like that. And mm-hmm. I, she was also in some of the episodes, like um, and so she's had a connection to the industry. Um, externally, but she had her own vision for some of the things too. Um, and so one of her babies, uh, one of her little fires was Three Black Mice, um, and so she had this script written. And she hosted this um, audition actually right outside of my old job. Like I had to call out of work a little uh, early to go to this audition that was a block away. Um, and I just I don't know I was like out of every place in Baltimore down the street this is yeah. like the first audition I've had since LA and all of this type of stuff so I was like or considering going to LA like because as an actor you're like oh yeah I gotta go to LA to be famous mm-hmm. or to get that career going um, but anyway I, I showed up to the audition um, very nervous um, but I did naturally just have some things about myself where I was like I think there's a role in this show for me because she's she put out like a description of what she was looking for, and so I kind of leaned into that into that audition, um, and in comparison to auditions I've done, you know, years later, it was mm-hmm. definitely. You know one of the weaker ones but i was uh-huh. confident at the time and i really appreciated that because even now as she's developed the script um it's just taken off so much Uh so she's got a lot of funding to the point where you know if it doesn't get picked up by networks i know we're going to carry it out as like a web series or something like that um, which would be really cool yeah she just got some really cool people too on the cast yeah. um and so we've got to work together and have conversations. And it's just, it's a really exciting project because it's themed like the 90s, mm-hmm. um, but it's also based in Baltimore. And it's about a girl who was at Yale. Um, so she was at this like early prestigious college and stuff, mm-hmm. but it was a PWI, it was predominantly white. And so she ended up, something happened, and she ended up having to leave that school and she ended up at an HBCU. So she went to Morgan. And so that culture shock and also um, existing in two different places and stuff, it's mm-hmm. it's a journey about her and some of her friends. And we just happen to be some of those friends. So it's it's about some things that I think a lot of people can relate to as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I play the role of Kevin. Kevin is so up my alley. Like, uh-huh. Even in the interview that is on my Instagram, it's yes. like...
0: <laughs> you say uh, that... He, you very much relate to. Oh yeah, him yeah.
1: He's he's an practices. artist. Um, okay. He's a performer, but not really like a performer in the typical sense. Like he mm-hmm. writes poetry, and so um, one of the scenes is. Um, well, I won't tell you what any of the scenes are just yet. I'll, I'll keep that a secret. But he's a poet, and so he um, he basically lives in that life in a sense where. He's very delicate with his words. Um, he's also very intentional with them and he, uh, he writes in different ways. Um, and so I just, I feel like we're really related because he also likes to, to do the simple things. He takes uh, women out on dates and, and does the, the nice guy thing. And mm-hmm. I used to really be insecure about being a nice guy but it's worked in my favor it's yeah once you find the confidence in being the yes. nice guy it balances out yeah. it's like okay it's cool to be nice and yeah you know gentleman and yeah friendly and loving uh-huh. and stuff and so just based off of what I know about Kevin now he's definitely like me I'm excited awesome. about it yeah
0: I'm excited
1: <laughs> and she's uh Imani's also from Baltimore and oh, she cool. went to BSA she went to Baltimore cool. School for so it's
0: kind of partly about her
1: Oh, yeah. 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 So, I don't... I actually, I need to ask her that. I don't know if that is a true story for her life. Okay. Um, or if it was just a concept she thought mm-hmm. of. But, yeah, there are some things related to the main character, who she also plays. Okay. And it's, it's definitely in relationship to that. Yeah. It's like um, it's like a passion project about her life, but also about what it was like to grow up in this type of a setting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, there's conversations and scenes and things that... I know, especially people who have lived in Baltimore and are from Baltimore. Just like how The Wire was for us, the relationship that that show had because it was filmed here, and mm. they had a lot of elements of Baltimore in that show to the point where people still talk about it.
0: It's been such a great conversation. Absolutely, we've had. Yeah, this was
1: really fun. Thank you so much. Listen, thank you for having me. Yeah, I appreciate it.
0: been listening to The Art Kids Speaks. If you've enjoyed our conversation, be sure to check out our previous episodes and hit the subscribe button to stay up to date with new releases. Thanks for listening.